0: The reading from today is taken from Acts chapter 1 verse 1 to 11 and if you don't know which page number it's on it, it should be found on 1092. In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was up to heaven after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen After he had said this, he was taken up before their very eyes. The cloud hid him from their sight. They were looking intently up into the sky as he was going, when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, Why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus, who has been taken from you into heaven, will come back in the same way you have seen going to heaven
1: what I want to do just briefly, first of all, is talk a little bit about Acts, um, the the passage that was read. I think it's really important that when we talk about mission, uh, we we don't just sort of skip straight to the practical hearing what's going on and what we might do, that we kind of always look to the Bible to be our foundation of why we do the things that we do. And also, um, it sort of helps to frame Our series in the evening, where we're looking at, we were looking at the, we began last week looking at Acts 16 all the way through to the end of Acts 28. And uh, so hopefully that helps us a bit of framing for that as well. Um, The thing I want to say, um, particularly, is that the power um, of the church to be the church comes from the Spirit of God. Okay, I think that's really important. It might sound like a really obvious thing to say, but the the power of the church to be the church comes from the Spirit of God, and I think you see that in the in the passage right at the beginning of Acts. Um, often we refer it to the uh, as the Acts of the Apostles, which is kind of not incorrect, but perhaps it would be better to call it the Acts the Acts of the Holy Spirit, um, because it's it's all about the work of the Spirit as it goes out to testify to Jesus. Um, and that's really important actually for us to grasp as we think about, um, what happens in Acts, but also what happens in, as we seek to be revived. Because the mornings, as you may have picked up, we're talking about revival and being revived. Um, it is a work of God. It is a work of God. It's really important for us to, to recognize. You know, there's, there's lots of things we do as a church, isn't there, to make the church function. Lots of rotors lots of organisation, lots of things like that, and stuff to be done, but yet we must always remember that it is a work of God, it's a work of the Spirit, it is a fruit of the cross and the resurrection um, of Jesus. So there's something that, in that that cannot be humanly explained. Uh, uh, it doesn't mean to say that it's inexplicable, but it's, it is a work of God. So we cannot produce it ourselves uh, and that and that's really important as we think about what goes on in Acts and, and what goes on in the church I hope and pray there's something actually a bit inexplicable about what happens with the church because it's God at work and sometimes we just don't see as he sees well we all the time in fact probably uh, you will be remind, you will remember what Jesus said is in John 15 and it talks about the I am the vine. He says, apart from me, you can do nothing. Apart from me, you can do nothing. And that's really important, uh, isn't it, for us to understand that without Christ, without the presence of the Spirit, uh, we accomplish nothing of external consequences or lasting impact for the glory of God. Okay. Um, The passage here, uh, Acts, is... Um, familiar to me- most of us here, it was written by Luke, the same person who wrote the Gospel of Luke, and its opening section is referring back to something Jesus taught them after the resurrection. And you see that in verse 4. It says, Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my Father promised, which you heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit the power of the holy spirit was first promised to the apostles the apostles are, the, are another word for the disciples they are the word apostle means the sent ones that's its literal translation the ones who are sent and they the apostles are the eyewitness they were the eyewitnesses of what happened to jesus in his life in his death and his resurrection Hence Luke says in verse 3, Jesus presented himself to them, the apostles, and gave them many convincing proofs. He was alive and he appeared over 40 days. Uh, So this band of disciples, uh, who we know as call them apostles, are going to be the foundations of the church. Uh, And... uh, We sometimes talk about being an apostolic church. We are an apostolic church. We're built on the foundations of the witness of the apostles to the truth that Jesus died and he rose again. That means that we believe stuff. You know, we really believe stuff about Jesus' death and that he rose from the dead. You know, we really believe it. Um, And that might sound, you know, Strange to have to say that we really believe it, but some, in our day and age, that's not a given, even sometimes in the church. Uh, and so we're a believing community. We're a confessional community. We believe stuff. But we're also not just a confessing, believing community. We are a commissioned community. Um, you see that in one, verse 1-8. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. You see, the church isn't going to be given the power for itself, in a sense. Do you see that? In a sense, it's not just given for us to be a social gathering, a kind of holy huddle. Uh, You know, it, it, it doesn't mean to say there's not good things about being together. Of course there is wonderful things, about fellowship. Um, but it's more than that. It's more than about just coming together. It's about being commissioned. It's about going. And uh, if you were here this morning, you'll have heard from Go Mad, and they were talking about the, the, how they've been sent. And it was wonderful. If you, haven't, if you weren't here this morning, do watch it. It's really it's great stuff. Um, so we come together to be reminded about... The truth, our belief, uh, to praise God for it, and then to be sent out to be commissioned. And wherever that might be for you, you know, you don't have to go to Tanzania. It could just be simply where you are in your school, in, in your place of work. They are as important places to be commissioned to be God's witnesses as it is to be going to Tanzania or, or anywhere. Um, it's wherever God has sent you um, to be. The Holy Spirit isn't just given to a believing community, it's it's a commissioning community. Um, You know, as I was clearing out my mother's books, uh, she went into a home a few years ago, and I was clearing them out. And one of the things, she's got lots of Christian books. She had lots of Christian books. And um, I noticed that really they kind of formed around two categories. And, and it sort of says, says a lot about her. One was there was a lot of books on prayer. <laughs> and she was a real prayer, an intercessory prayer. So she had loads of books on prayer. And then she had loads of books on mission, and particularly overseas mission. And there were, there were books by um, Watchman Nee. I don't know whether you've heard of him. Books by Helen Rosevere. Uh, there was, there was There was loads of different ones. Um, people I'd never heard of. Um, and it was interesting to sort of look at those and look at the variety of them. And it makes you think well, what, what is it that sends people to those kind of places? What is it that makes people, ordinary believers, go in that kind of capacity? And the answer is the power of the Holy Spirit, isn't it? Really? It's it's self-evident. No one can kind of do that kind of work unless God is being sent. Some of those places and some of the testimonies that you hear through those people. So you will be my witnesses. Uh, what will empower us? Well, it's the Spirit of God comes upon. Um, but notice we hear the disciples, the apostles, they had to wait. They had to stay and wait um, before they were had the Holy Spirit came on them, and then they were commissioned. And again, it reminds us we can't do that by ourselves. We have to wait for God to lead us and direct us. Um, We are witnesses, and we're not just witnesses in what we do. It is actually witnessing by speaking. I think that's really important to notice here we, we testify, we speak of the life, death and resurrection of Jesus. Um, in, in, in the words that you can use, uh, you won't necessarily use all the same words as I will, but we testify to what Jesus has done and we speak it. And also um, we notice that the Spirit does something else. It enables, some peop- it enables people to receive that good news. It enables people to receive it. We saw that last week. We were just talking about Lydia, didn't we? She had her heart opened to receive Jesus. Um, We cannot do that kind of spiritual work. It's the power of God. Our job is just to simply testify to the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, of what he's done, and yes, how he's changed your life and my life, and how he's done that through the cross. So um, those are just a few things that I wanted just to point to before we talk about Tanzania uh, and uh, my time there. Just because I think it's so important that it is, that is the foundation of, of everything, isn't it? Uh, whether it's a trip to Tanzania, going to Tanzania, or whether it's uh, in our place of work, we're to speak the gospel of salvation empowered by the Holy Spirit to do that. Let me just take a moment to pray and then we'll carry on talking about Tanzania. Um, Father God, thank you so much for your words to us here in Acts. Thank you, Father, that for the witness of the apostles. Thank you that we're an apostolic church built on the foundations of Jesus Christ's life death and resurrection and father we thank you that as we as we trust in jesus as we are a believing community you then commission us out to share that same witness to others around us wherever we might be please would we take opportunities to speak of that to others and as we do, we pray that you would do that work of opening hearts to receive Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen. Um, so, I, uh, now we're going to talk about <laughs> my trip to, to uh, Tanzania. It was part of my sabbatical. Um, and I'm always a bit rubbish at talking about myself, actually. <laughs> So, I'm much better at talking about um, the Word of God. So, I I, I hope this isn't going to be kind of, um, death by a thousand slides. (laughs) You know. Um, but, uh, here I am, looking very red and, and rosy. And, um, I have been to Tanzania once before, uh, back in 2019. Uh, pre-pandemic you remember those days Uh, (laughs) um, and I was only there for a short time was there for about seven or eight days I actually got ill quite ill as well so I was a bit apprehensive about going but we've had this long-term partnership with uh, Tanzania with Mara Diocese and Bishop George and so it felt it was really important to go back out I was actually invited to go back out there Um, by Bishop George, because our partnership with with Mara Diocese is built very much on relationship. It is a relationship, uh, and that doesn't mean to say we all have the same relationship with uh, Mara Diocese, but particularly for me, being invited by Bishop George, uh, I'd put him off about 20 times, and and I thought, well, I really need to go. And for me, the sabbatical was a great time For me to be able to have a rest. And what better way to have a rest than a change? So I went to uh, Tanzania. And this is the top of a place called, uh, well, I don't know whether it's really called Eagle's Rock, but that's what Graham McClure calls it. And I went uh, as hosted by um, Go Mad, Go Make a Difference. And I really want to encourage you, if you you didn't hear this morning, Go Make a Difference uh, are one of the ways in which we partner with Mara Diocese. They act as a, a little bit of a, a kind of go between because it's quite difficult to have a relationship with a, a whole diocese and with a bishop without actually having people who are there on the ground. Um, can we have the, the next slide? Thank you. I also went with David Halford. Who knows David Halford? He's not here, he's up in, up in Orkney at the moment. Um, and uh, while I was there, uh, they kept referring to David as my PA. <laughs> Which, thankfully, David took that in the, in the best way possible. And I just teased him the whole time, to the point that I just introduced him as my PA. <laughs> but I thought it was fun. Uh, and I had a lot of fun there. David and I went, uh, partly uh, to go and be have a rest for a sabbatical, but also um, to see the work of Go Mad. And David is a, a trustee of Go Make a Difference. And he's been going out to Tanzania for about oh, for 25 years. So Beverly's another trustee with Go Make a Difference. And because, go, because of our long-term connection with building the cathedral in Masoma, um, there's a number of people here in St. John's that have, have been involved in setting up of that charity. So there's David. We had a lot of fun. As you can see, he's carrying some rice on his head like you do um so i went with david and uh let's have the the next slide just to remind you where it is if you're unfamiliar uh it's just below kenya fly into nairobi nine hour bus journey across the border into tanzania up by the lake victoria which is the blues uh, dot Uh, it's about an hour over the the border and if we have the next slide Here's a smaller map here. of You can see the diocese, which is in the kind of... I don't know what colour you call that. Brownish colour. Um, and it's really near the Serengeti National Park, if you've heard of it. And uh, the centre, the capital, if you like, of Mara Diocese is Masoma, which is probably about 100,000, I would say, people population. And there's Bishop George with his wife Janet. And they he's been the bishop of Maya Diocese for about, about as long as I've been here, about eight years, I think it is, maybe slightly less, seven years. Seven years. And uh, that's also the, the place where GOMAD headquarters are when they're out there in um, Tanzania. And one of the things that didn't come across this morning when Graham and Claire were talking about GoMad and their at, at, what they do is they, they actually have a number of employees out in Tanzania. I don't know how many it is, but it's something like eight or nine people who they employ directly as part of the work in Tanzania. So um, that gives you the location. It's right on the... It's quite a remote area. It's not easy to get to. Um, if I have the next slide, please. And this is a better picture of Eagle Lodge than we had this morning. Um, which can ha- house, I believe, about 50 people. Um, but there was only a team of 10 that were there in October. So I joined in with the GoMad team that were there in October. And I was there for three weeks. And uh, yeah, it was great. No kids. Oh, no, I'm not going to say that, am I? <laughs> 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 I missed them terribly, of course. Um, uh, so that's that's kind of the headquarters of, uh, but it's situated on the Diocesan land and area. So it's, it's the Diocesan compound. I keep looking at Beverly. If I get anything wrong, Be- Beverly will jump up. So I was there um, for three weeks. Can I have the next one, please? And one of the reasons I'd been going out, I went out and was invited. Uh, to go out by Bishop George, is because he wanted to make me a canon. And you think, what is a canon in the Church of England? Well, it's very difficult to describe. Do you want... Can... Someone who gets fired. Yeah. <laughs> Someone who gets fired. Thank you, Mark. Um, I can only describe it as a bit like the ecclesiastical equivalent of the Blue Peter badge. So <laughs> it's sort of a bit like, thank you very much, you have been really great have a have a, a canon thing. It's something in the Church of England that it doesn't it's not a status thing. It's a kind of a, a kind of a, a recognition thing, I suppose. But particularly for for our partnership as a, a church with a diocese, one of the things it is is it's about actually it's partly Bishop George and the diocese's way of saying thank you. Not to me but to us, okay. So while I tend to play down things like being a canon and all that sort of stuff, titles, that it's quite a big thing for them because it's it's an honouring process. You've supported us. We want to do that before the Lord and recognise that, and that's why they do it. Um, so that's quite important because I, I, you know, I could be well, not, it doesn't really matter to me, but actually it does matter because. We're in in this together. It's a partnership. And so um, they want to be able to express their thanks, not just to me, but to to all of us, um, in partnering in the work that they do. So, yeah, I'm a canon. (laughs) Uh, So part of the time I was there, they have this thing every year called Mara Day, which is where all the churches... From the diocese are invited to come to the cathedral, and they do lots of dancing, uh, lots of um, showing the activity and the ministries of the church that are going on. It's kind of a big celebration, a lot of praising God. And I was the guest of honor, <laughs> and you can sort of see my back holding the cross in the blue shirt. That's me. And so I had to do a like, a receive the cross. And pray and, and open the kind of procession, which you can't really get the impression, but there was about a thousand people in a procession lined up to go into the cathedral uh, for about a five hour service of lots of dancing and, and lots of praising God. So that's, that's how it began. And um, the next slide oh, there's me being made a cannon. Isn't that nice? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you could just see Bishop George there in the background. Um, so we have the, the next slide. So after all that, one of the things that was really important for me in the time there was to go around and visit some of the, the work that particularly we're involved with as a church. And one of the areas that we've been involved in is providing uh, porridge for the nursery school's that kind of equates to the key stage one. So that's about five to seven. Some are a bit younger, some are a bit older. And these children come to the schools, the nursery schools, which are run by the diocese. And they often can come miles. You know, could could easily have walked five miles in some of the rural areas to get to the school. And you can imagine, if they've not eaten that's not great start to your education they always say breakfast is the best meal of the day right and the most important so one of the things that um, we do is provide money so they can buy porridge which is a mixture of maize sugar and salt so that they can engage with education so these are church schools mainly your very basic sort of numerical skills and reading and writing and maths, but they teach also uh, what they call religion, which is, but is faith. They talk about Jesus, talk about uh, the Bible, and teach them about faith, and uh, also teach them English as well. And you can see here, this is Phineas, who's the, the school teacher, and they're always most of these nursery schools are run out of the churches, so out of the actual church building. If uh, have the next slide, this is in a place called Bawazi. And you can see the Mother's Union are making the porridge. And that Mother's Union play an absolutely key role, in, uh, particularly in African culture, particularly in Tanzania, running uh, the schools, running the family, and providing uh, the necessary uh, means to produce the porridge. Um, and you can see them doing it there. So we visited six, I think, nurseries um, at various points in the time that I was there. Um, if we go to the next slide, and I can't remember this teacher's name. He's one of three, <laughs> but I met loads of teachers. Um, and uh, one of the reasons I put this up is because it sort of shows you the, the, the lack of resources. I mean, we kind of, you may have, Know that to be true, but when you actually see it for yourselves, the lack of resources uh, in these church schools, um, it kind of hits you. Because you you you, know, if you go to school here, it's, the walls are covered, there's masses of equipment, digital, all the rest of it, and you go there, and it's literally a chart like that. If if it's lucky, you know, and that is it, and that's their blackboard. Um, and so resources are a real issue um, out there Uh, go to the next slide and then this just gives you this is a a, a quite a well kitted out uh, school this is in a church and what they do is they use the pews benches that they they use for for church meeting and then they buy these plastic chairs so they can sit on the plastic chairs and lean on the on the benches, in order to do their work. That's basically how it works. And so we, with the porridge uh, and the schools, we, we support, I think it's 20, I always forget how many there is. I want to say 28, but I might have got that completely wrong. I've got it written down in my notes. Um, and so and we do it, we support it for, uh, I think it is a quarter of the year. It's not the whole year, Partly, there's reasons for that, which you can ask me. It's about dependency and all those kind of issues. Um, But that gives you kind of a a thought about chairs. Has anyone thought about chairs here? Anyway, let's move on, shall we? Uh, (laughs) Let's have the next slide. So, um, not only were we looking at some of the things that we're already doing, we're looking at some of the different things that we might be want to get involved in as a church, and particularly through Go Make a Difference, Go Mad. And one of the things we heard this morning is about their their tree planting projects. This is Behemba Farm, and that's owned by the diocese. They have a farm, and one of the things that they're doing is um, making use of the land by planting trees. Uh, And um, there's various reasons for that. It's, It's an employment for people, It's also um, the want to prevent deforestation and all the effects of climate um, that that brings. So we looked at a few of these um, projects, and they're fast-growing, and um, we can talk more about that, uh, if you like, in a bit. But if you go to the next slide, we also visited the Bunda Bible College, which has about 80... Uh, students in it and they were trying to get me to to leave here and be their bible teacher (laughs) for uh, I resisted Um, but you know uh, they want they really need people to help and and bible teaching is so core to what they do they need good bible teachers Uh, and also they need to be able to sponsor students why they're learning, um, because um, it costs a lot of money to go to Bible college, and so that's again an area uh, of interest for us. They, they were great, they got us dancing, me and David, and there is a terrible video of me somewhere dancing. Sorry? David's got, oh, David's, David's got the video that nobody needs to see. <laughs> um, but it was very interesting, they, they did a Q&A session and all the students asked, just got to ask any question that they liked. And very interesting, the kind of questions. And you know, and, and, and deep down, these, the, the, the questions were very similar to some of the things that, that we face as well about uh, living godly life, how do you teach that, how do you pastor a congregation, very similar um, things. How do you put into practice what the Bible teaches about X, Y, and Z um, in your country? And, and it was a really interesting sharing that. And then, uh, next slide. Yeah, so just to end with, I think it's really important thing to say three things about a partnership with um, uh, overseas Um, with Mara Diasis, is the first, the first thing is say is it's, it should be built on friendship. Yeah? Because this isn't just about kind of money, because often we think, oh, it's just about money. Actually, it's, it should be built on friendship, right? This is, these are brothers and sisters in Christ that we seek to build friendship with. So I think friendship is really important. Um, so we, that's why we're, it's partly why we've invited, bishop george and janet over for the weekend away in september because we want to build that friendship it's about communication emails and all those in order to build that friendship so there's friendship secondly it's prayer prayer is really important isn't it to support our brothers and sisters in fact god wants us to pray our brothers and sisters across the world Uh, and partnership is built on prayer praying for their needs as they pray for us and I do know they pray for us as well Uh, and then finally there is um, uh, opportunity to provide physical needs as well Um, because the truth is they don't have a lot in terms of physical things uh, and we can help them perhaps in that way but you know what? They have so much to offer us as well. Uh, their way of thinking about faith and trust in, in Jesus in the face of great difficulty is, is, is an, um, amazing and encouraging to watch and to hear and to, to see. So those are the kind of foundational things of thinking about friendship prayer and, and um, what practical things can we do. And these are some of the thoughts that we are looking at at the moment to think about perhaps extending the porridge programme we talked a lot with the Mothers Union about how can we help with resources getting together simple things in order to to help them and um, I mean conversations with pointers about doing something there because it's an obvious kind of connection with the schools with our um, with pointers school and thinking about the chairs because not all the schools have those chairs in order to be able to, to work from. And then there are other things that we talked about, but particularly going forward, I'd really encourage you to go out if you get an opportunity um, and witness it for yourselves and be part of it, but also um, to think about perhaps sending a team next year um, to go out and to serve I think there's one more slide, is there one more slide? Or is that it? I think that was it. That's it, thank you.
0: Thank you, Eddie. Um, I hope that you found that interesting or enlightening, um, hearing about Eddie's time in Tanzania. Now we have a few minutes now. Um, I will be bringing, or I will be getting out a roving microphone that you can ask questions into. But to begin with, why don't I start with a question that I have to get us going. And then if you think of something, um, we can raise your hand and I'll bring a mic over to you. Um, So the first question I have just to get us going is, you visited Tanzania in 2019, Eddie, and yeah. that was significantly shorter. This is a much longer visit. Was there anything that,
1: like, being in Tanzania longer, really brought out for you, or that you found really
0: kind of interesting or new um, this time?
1: Yeah, I think when I went the first time, I I didn't really want to go very long. I saw it very transactional, if you know what I mean. I thought I'll just go there have a quick look, reassure the, the people in charge, and then come back, report to you, and everything will, will, will move forward. Um, and really, it wasn't very long to kind of get to know the people and get to know a few people a bit more. I know three weeks isn't that long, but it does enable you to just meet people and spend a bit more time. Rather, than, The first time, we just rushed around. You were with us, so you went with us, didn't you? And we were just going from one place, to the next but this time gave us a lot of time to spend particularly with Martha and Janet from the mothers union talking to them Melina who's the link officer just chatting over food and so it was a, it was a much better time of just understanding and 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 spending time and and people opened up more i think it takes time like any relationship for people to really open up and tell you what they're really saying and thinking. So that was different. And I think um, the other thing that I spotted, noticed that was really interesting was just how faith enters into every area of kind of conversation. And uh, a, a, a faith that really just show you that the trust that they have in God and, and pray that, that God is good. You know, that he really is good, and he's going to provide, even if I have nothing. Uh, so, and I got to really see that. Um, you know, everything is buana Fisiwe, you know, everything is, is that. And I don't think that's just them saying it as a mantra. Uh, you know, it's, it's, they really do believe, and, and that's challenging for us, isn't it? to have that kind of attitude, to praise God no matter what, even if I don't have anything, I don't know where tomorrow's meal is going to come from, and praise God, well, if see a way, God is good. That's good, isn't it?
0: Do we have any questions? Anyone want to have a go? Did you have to have any jobs to go to Tanzania?
1: <laughs> yeah, I did. I don't know why I did that. Did you see I instantly grow <laughs> Yeah, um, you have to have, if you go through Kenya, you have to have a yellow fever jab. But the cost of that's come really down. It's like only 40 quid now. And you have to have the kind of usual tetanus and MMR type things. And there was one other, I'm trying to remember what it was. Hepatitis. Oh, and malaria tablets, yeah, yeah. Thanks, Howard. You've been. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Thanks. Eddie, tell us some more about the Bible College. Like, who was enrolled in that? You know, what sort of program did they have? What kind of needs do they have? And, yeah. yeah are there any specific so, support
1: needs? So, the principal is a guy called Alpha, really nice guy. And um, they actually take people, not just from Mara, but a lot of the neighboring dioceses. They're a, a bit of a hub college for a number of dioceses. They even had somebody as far as Malawi who was there and somebody from Uganda as well. So it's quite a wide spread of people. Um, They have different courses partly depending on what people can afford and uh, they often people will start with just a one year kind of diploma. They don't yet do a degree and they're trying to head towards doing a degree. They're... they're (laughs) I've got to be careful how I say it. Their resources are, are not bad, actually, in that they've been supported quite well by some other places. But, you know, by, by a lot of standards, they still don't have a lot of books and means. But they do, they do a variety of courses, not just theological, but also management-type courses. And, and that's partly because they're trying to provide Different types of things to enable the college to function and bring money in, in order to be able to sustain it. They have about eighty students there. Does that answer? Yeah. Do they like to dance? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Was there a dance
1: <laughs> It Should have been. <laughs> and did you Can take it? <laughs> Um. Eddie, I wonder if you could say a bit more about the spirituality and faith as you observed it. So I suppose as you framed this with the acts of the apostles and the acts of the Holy Spirit, and in a context where people have nothing, or or, that's a generalisation, but need to rely more perhaps on God than we do for things like health, for um, safety, for resources. Maybe something about their experience, the, 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 the way they experience God and the Holy Spirit that we could perhaps... I understand a bit more about. I think it's the. In some ways, there's a simplicity to it. Sometimes we overcomplicate. I, I sometimes think I overcomplicate things, um, and there is a sim- simplicity in trusting God. Um, and and so that's not particularly deep answer to your question Charlotte but it is what i observed a simplicity of trust in god in his word that he is faithful and he he said his promises are true uh so there's not there's not this kind of it's not there's not the doubt i suppose and and maybe that's something about our kind of rationalistic enlightenment way of thinking, a cultural thing that we always doubt and question everything. I don't see that as much in Tanzania. Uh, God has said this. He has kept me. And it's, there's a sense of their death, death is, may come tomorrow, may come sooner than we think because they see it more often. And, and and therefore, there is a trust that they're ready for that. <laughs> it's a, it's a, a simple, that would be my observation.
0: Thank you. Um, three questions. Um, when you got there, was it rainy season, was it dry season, and did you get the chance to um, try their local cuisines? And also, how long do you have to be a member of the church to actually participate in a trip like that to Tanzania?
1: Thanks, Joseph. Um, we were there uh, at the start of the wet season, and I did try and I did have a little video, but I couldn't work out how to kind of get it downloaded quick enough and, and across to, to show you. but when it comes down, it doesn't half come down. And you have in Masoma, they have these great big um, Ditches at either side of the road. And you it, when it's hot, you think, and I was there the first time, you kind of think, why have they got such big ditches? You know, aren't they just dangerous because you're just going to fall into them because <laughs> there's no like kind of cover over them. These ginormous ditches next to the roads. And then you realize when it rains, they're just absolutely full <laughs> of water and it's how they deal with the water. Um, so it was the wet season um, and then. It makes travel really difficult. Once you get off the main road onto the, the side roads, everything is dirt tracks, and they just sometimes become almost impassable because there's so much rain. We got caught in one. It was very funny. David David was in the passenger seat, and uh, the, win- the window wouldn't shut properly, so I laughed all the way home with him getting totally soaked because <laughs> the window <laughs> wouldn't shut. Um, he took one for the team... Uh, <laughs> uh, what was the oh the cuisine? Um, the low it, uh, there's a lot of chicken and rice. Um, there's uh, there's a thing called um, what's that? What's the s- that's it? The ugali, Mugali is it? Ugali. Uh, oh, it's terrible stuff. I didn't like it at all. Um, It's sort of like really heavy, stodgy kind of stuff. Um, But the chicken and rice was nice. Um, But, you know, again, their hospitality is just really unbelievable because, you know, and it it, it really takes you back. When you go to the village and you go to the school and the, the church you stay for lunch afterwards and they have literally just slaughtered the, the, the chicken for you to eat because you're the guest of honour and they want to show hospita- hospitality to you as that and so they will do that even though they don't have many chickens and they do rely on eggs and things from those chickens so you're kind of like don't do it for me <laughs> you know um, but they do, and you kind of really, it's massively humbling, because you think, you know, um, that's quite a regular thing that happens. Uh, but it's, it's all, it, it, it depends, As there are poorer areas. I can, if I use that, I have to use that carefully, because it's kind of, it's all a relative thing. So Boise, where the pictures are shown, is very, very... Uh, very poor villages and they have very little um, and it's very arid uh, and they rely on, um, uh, they don't have much maize, so if, you, if you're able to grow maize, you're kind of stepped up in terms of what you have it's kind of hard to get your head around, isn't it, when you the, ho- the hospitality that they show is a real Kick to us, to me. I'm rubbish at hospitality, and to you know they would do that to that extent. It's challenging, isn't it? And uh, was there anything else? I can't remember, Joseph. About. So so. Because often do things through Go Mad. Go Mad will, will do short trips, even just a week or two weeks. And it's partly about enabling you to kind of get an understanding. But don't kid yourself that you can do a lot of work. You're not there really to do that. You're really there to get some understanding and build some relationships. Oh, sorry, Joseph. <laughs> How long have you been here, Joseph? We're ready to go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, let's go. we <laughs> go? It's definitely warmer. I mean, that's the thing, you know, I've got the shirt on. I didn't. You weren't here this morning, but I've got the shirt on. And, um, you see, the, they only do short-sleeved T-shirt shirts. I couldn't get a a long sleeve one, so I've had to put something underneath. Oh, thank you. Shall I
0: wear it every week? (laughs) Uh, We could probably take one or two more questions. Eddie, our passage this evening talked about um, wait in Jerusalem until the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will receive power. what would their
1: experience be of things like the gifts of the Holy Spirit and um, those sorts of things? It's probably hard for me to give you a definitive answer because I wasn't there long enough to sort of observe. Um, uh, I didn't see um, necessarily, I know they pray for miracles uh, and they want to, to see that and happen as a testimony to, to jesus but i didn't see an awful lot but they're they are trusting in god's words they want to see jesus move in power people come to faith grow in faith it's um but it's hard for me to kind of give you a definitive answer to that i think what i see in most is that is the the rejoicing uh You know, they're really, they love to dance. um, And that's an expression of of their, of the work of God in them that pours out into that, into dancing. Yeah. Thanks, Nigel. All right. Any more? Maybe one final question.
0: Yes, Edie. you've spoken about the um, uh, basic, uncomplicated belief in faith, they have. Are there any um, debates going on in the church out there? Uh, are the complications that we're experiencing here in our church, in the yeah, Anglican church yeah. in this country? Yeah,
1: I mean, it's it's true. Every church and it will always have certain things. Wherever culturally you are, there'll always be certain things that are challenging, and they have their own challenges as well. Um, so. Um, there are issues of polygamy still um, that the, the bishop is trying to, with the diocese, trying to tackle uh, and speak into. There's also the issues around, um, around uh, genital mutilation, uh, female genital, FGM, isn't it? Female genital mutilation. Those things, they take a lead in that because the, the government aren't necessarily have the time and the capacity, so the church do it. There's a safe house that we've also, as a church supported, provided a minibus to help get um, people to the safe house in order to, to protect them. But that's still an ongoing... It's better than it was. So those debates and difficulties are there. Uh, they're just di- they're different issues.